And, I don't know if I can say fresh from Springfield. Hopefully he had the weekend off, but I know where he was on Friday. That would be State Representative Brad Fritz joining us in studio. Well, good morning. Good morning, Tom. How are you this morning? I am, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm all right. Kind of had a, a little lag over uh, from uh, time change. Uh, yeah, catches up with all of us, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you're still you're still maintaining the f- farmer's hours and getting up early. No, oh, trying to. <laughs> trying to. Wow. So, uh, yeah, last time uh, uh, you were with us uh, last month, uh, just about getting ready to go down to Springfield and uh, get involved with your first session, um, what'd you think? Uh, so far, everything's been going really well, um, you know. It's a it's a big numbers game down there, and being in the super duper minority of seventy eight to forty is tough, but um, it's obtainable, and it's uh, exciting to work across the aisle and be able to move some pieces of legislation forward. And uh, speaking across the aisle, you you um, uh, you know you're not isolating yourself, and you're not going uh, you know all I'm I'm this and you're that, but you're actually mingling and getting some conversation going that way. Absolutely, you have to. You know, when you're outnumbered the way we are, I need I need 20 Democrats no matter what. And frankly, some of the best pieces of legislation that come out of Springfield are ones that are uh, bipartisan initiatives. And that's something that, you know, as the rep for the 74th district and a member of the General Assembly I commit myself to is to try to find the best common sense solutions that, you know, try to fit as many people involved as we can. Now, um, how many bills did you uh, put together? So I filed, when I first came in, I didn't really have anything that I was going to be gung-ho, you know, crazy with. And I just put out to the people of the district, I said, listen, I'm, I'm your rep. If there's any way that I can make your life easier or you see something that needs to be changed, um, come see me and we'll talk about how, what we can do to fix it. And in doing that, uh, prior to the bill filing deadline, I had 14 pieces of legislation filed. Wow. And um, so then the, uh, the speaker has what they referred to as the old Madigan Rules Committee, where they get a chance to uh, vet all the bills before they're assigned to standing committees. So uh, 10 of my bills went to standing committees, and then this week was the committee deadline. So all bills that are going to be heard on the floor this calendar year have to be through committee by last Friday and I was able to move four bills out of committee which as a freshman is uh I was very happy about that's for sure. So um how long did it take you to sit down and go let's see I'm gonna write this thing did there was that a little bit more than homework from uh university? Oh for sure you know you want to make sure you're talking to all the people who are involved um Legislators themselves don't write them per se. You go through with your ideas, and um, they have attorneys that are on staff that work bipartisanly to uh, write it up in official bill format. So what was your first one? I'm curious. (laughs) I I know what it is, but I'm going (laughs) to... My first one was House Bill 2963. It was uh, an initiative that came from the Dixon Park District, Mm -hmm. so... Years and years ago, I don't re- know if you remember that uh, it used to be the state school before it was the Dixon Prison, and they owned all kinds of land around there. And 
Um, it was sold off to the Department of Corrections for the prison, and then the rest of that land was sold to Illinois Department of Natural Resources. Well, Department of Natural Resources didn't necessarily want to maintain all that. I think there's about 600 acres back in there. So uh, they gifted it to the Dixon Park District under certain stipulations of how they could develop it or not. So parts of it have been leased out to farm for years, and the rest is recreational area for the community to utilize. Well, there's one spot in there that's uh, about 22 acres. It's got uh, a ditch through it. It's not the most productive farmland in the world, and the idea was sprouted to put solar panels on there because that extra revenue generated from solar panels could offset some of the operating expenses and not have to have them raise their property tax levies. So uh, we sat down and drafted up a piece of legislation because uh, during that initial agreement, solar panels weren't even thought of. So we were able to uh, get that drafted together and to uh, sit down with everybody involved. We had a letter from the county, from the city, from IDNR itself saying that they were all in favor. It just needed a legislative act to change that initial agreement. Wow. So we were uh, able to do that and it went sailing through committee and uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a little nerve wracking presenting your first bill, but uh, went through without, uh, without too much of the, what they call the hazing process down there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's probably best to avoid. <laughs> yeah, why not? So, um, so that one uh, in particular, where, where does that go now, and uh, you, what is its potential? Do you think? Yeah. So uh, now we move to floor action. So this week we'll have a whole bunch of floor action, and um, it'll, if the speaker decides to call it, because that's the majority party's right, then it'll get called to the floor for a vote. I'll present it. Um, people will ask questions on the House floor, and then it'll get called for a vote, and if it passes, then goes over to our friends in the Senate. Wow. And um, what does the uh, people in Dixon and Lee County think about that? Uh, I've, heard, I've heard all positive feedback so far. Perfect. So wow. it, was, uh, it was a good uh, local initiative to kind of get the ball rolling for me a little bit. Wow. So, yeah, you, yeah. Took, you took some of the head scratching away. I was like, what are we going to do with this? And there it goes. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Let's see. What, what do we have next? Um, so the second bill that I got through was actually uh, an initiative of a motorcycle group. And uh, something that's really interesting. So the way that law is written, if you're 16 and 17 years old, you can get a motorcycle license. But you are required by state law to take a Secretary of State test. They have like a whole driving course and you take the actual test that you do at the Secretary of State's office. And what this bill does is you would have to, as a young person, go and take that whole class and take the test with a Secretary of State approved group and then turn around and go to one of those facilities and take it again, <laughs> essentially. So it's redundant testing, also shocker, you know, they can charge you for both tests. Uh. And uh, so this bill got brought to me by that group, and uh, we, we ran with it, and we were able to uh, eliminate that second requirement. So if you, as a 16- or 17-year-old, go through, you take the class, you pass everything, you're 
a skilled rider you're uh and you've taken that test you're in to get your license without actually having to go to the facility once again was that one of the uh, abate chapters yep and they uh, did. I, I took a guess on that one probably oh, yeah. twin rivers abate um well, one it, it's the, yeah in the area as a whole yeah yep. Yeah, I know. I know a couple of yeah, a couple of guys. They just had their big swap meet over there at the Dixon Elks Lodge a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, yeah, a lot of people uh, yeah, don't realize, you know, how much they assist motorcyclists. And even looking back at the youth, like getting double whammied, it's like, hey, let's see what we can do about this. Oh, absolutely! Wow, absolutely! Sweet. So it's a it was a great opportunity to uh, you know cut through a little bit of red tape and let people actually enjoy the services that we offer if you will without making them jump through more hoops wow yeah the less hoops the better absolutely simplify it (laughs) absolutely and then uh, from there um i'm i know about those two when you mention the other ones i'll probably know what those ones are because i read everything i get from you awesome Uh well i appreciate you doing that (laughs) Um, so House Bill 3588 was the next one that was able to get through, and it was uh, it was a bill that sets up a, a Canine Care Act. And what we do with that is, this was brought to me by a constituent who's an Illinois State Police trooper, and she has a canine dog, and every year these dogs bring in millions and millions of dollars of forfeitures from drugs to guns to all this stuff that they find out there. And what happens is, is when these canine dogs are retired, they're either adopted by the handler themselves or a different member of the public. And they, unfortunately, they typically don't live very long because, you know, they've done pretty extensive work for law enforcement. Right. So what we did was, you know, her thing that was brought to me is, you know, a lot of these canine officers aren't making great money to begin with but then once they adopt their dog they're fully responsible for everything so they potentially get some pre-existing conditions from working with law enforcement or whatever else so this this bill sets up a fund that um, retired canine handlers can go to and say you know we had this this dollar amount of veterinary bill, they can turn it in and be reimbursed up to $1,500 a year. Wow. Yeah. So was, you think, uh, did, did she mention, uh, you know, that the dogs don't last too long because maybe they no longer feel useful because they're used to going full bore all the time. No, full bore. You know. But, you know, it's just, it's deteriorating on human health, much less animals that are yeah. so much faster deteriorating right. when you... Uh, when you're going out every day, I mean, if you've seen some of these demonstrations, mm-hmm. they could, I'm, I'm no small guy, and one of them could put me on the ground like that. <laughs> I mean, <they're laughs> Don't volunteer, though. No, I don't want to. <laughs> put, put on the big Gumby suit and try and get away? No. No. That's, unless you're feeling, you know, I need to try something different or I need a diversion from Springfield, I think I'll run from a canine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all listeners out there don't try it no <laughs> they always win yep they always win they do so okay so that's another one that has to be presented if it get but it still has to be called right it, right. they all do absolute wow yep. they all have to be called but it's a huge milestone you know we had 
somewhere in the range of uh, 6,000 bills filed. And not all of those got called to committee, obviously. We moved, um, I think there was roughly 500, a little more, a little less, that made it out of committee. Mm. So then even less of that will get called to the floor. But, yeah. And I knew about that one. And The very last one that I was able to move through is House Bill 2962. So it has to do with... Uh, uh, recovery residences. So, one of this stemmed from a local issue and surrounding a sober living residence. And when it was dug into, um, you know, you have to, you by law, addiction recovery is a disability under the Disabilities Act. So, local zoning has to make a reasonable accommodation on that zoning. So a facility was bought for the purposes of a sober living residence. And, of course, it starts a big uproar with the community in a residential neighborhood saying, you know, what, what are we, what's this going to mean? And when there was a lot of research done into this, and what we found is that those particular facilities are not regulated whatsoever or they're not required to be licensed. So what this bill does is it allows the Department of Human Services to establish some administrative rules or minimum standards, and then these facilities would become licensed. And uh, in doing so, local municipalities can make that reasonable accommodation zoning based on their current licensure status with the state. And, uh, you know, one of the first questions that came out of somebody's mouth down in Springfield is, okay, is this going to hinder these facilities from coming in? And my response to them is no. In fact, it's going to, it's going to help the people who are good actors in the recovery process, and it's going to end up weeding out the bad actors in the future. Because, in my opinion, the public's biggest fear is unknown. And when things like that come, you automatically associate the absolute worst possible scenario that could happen. It's natural. We do it as humans all the time. Right. And with this bill, by setting minimum standards, we know what those are and that if the worst possible scenario broke out, it would be taken care of. There'd be a process of investigation and potentially a license removal if if those rules are broken. So I think it's an absolute win-win for the good actors of the recovery community and the people as a whole being able to have trust in that recovery process. So this wouldn't just apply locally, this would be statewide, uh, statewide each and every county and community and they'd have that uh, backing them up. Absolutely, and I think they need it. Did you hear from any other uh, counties? I know which one you're talking about. I won't go any more than that. But mm -hmm. did, did you hear from any other counties or any? Oh, other, absolutely. Any I've other heard it. I've heard it from all across the board that um, you know something will something will just pop up and nobody knows what particular whether this person or group is going to be great or not. And I think it sets up a great opportunity here for you know, inviting more of those types of facilities into our community and saying, you know, if, but here's the rules that you have to follow. Right. Wow. 
So it's, uh, you know, that's my heaviest lift here, but I think it's something that's very important. Substance abuse and addiction um, touches all 118 of our districts in some way, shape, or form. And I think that, you know, the more that we can be prepared and, and how we deal with it and how we can help our fellow man recover, the better. So, do you, now you have these uh, that, you, that you've introduced. Do you see potential in one more than the other? I know you hope for all of them, hope they make the right decision, but do you see one maybe rising to the top? You know, you just, you never know. You never, you, you never know with the speaker's office. Um, we'll see when, if, if and when they get called, I'll be ready to present and be ready to do it well. So um, are things winding down? You said you're, you're going back. What are we going to do when we head back to Springfield now? Floor action. Floor action. So all these so. things, it's going to be a lot of long days and uh, late nights as we debate these bills as they come across the floor and make the best decisions for the people of the state. Ring the bell and put the gloves on. Uh, not quite that heavy, though, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, let's see, yeah, before you head back down, um, you're making a couple of stops. Uh, have you been able, since you've, uh, you know, uh, taken the uh, oath of office, have you been able to make any stops uh, in the area? And you got a couple coming up. Yeah, I made some great stops. Um, I've met Sinisippi. I've been to uh, Polo's city council meeting. I've been to wow. all kinds of fish fries and pancake <laughs> breakfasts. I uh, was just over at the self-help one last week. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I haven't been being down in Springfield three and four days every week's made it a little bit tough, but sure. as soon as we adjourn here at the end of May, I'll, uh, I'll be seeing everyone in the district going around city to city, town to town, and hopefully see as many businesses as possible wow. as well. So wow. it's, uh, it, it's fun and I'm humbled by the experience and, uh, it's great to meet all the great people and hear all the great things that are happening out here. So um, do, you, uh, do they request you go there and maybe give a little bit of a talk, or they just want you to you know, meet the community? How's that work? Yeah, most people just want an introduction. Mm -hmm. They want to know who their rep is. Sure. I, I'm brand new to the political process. I'm not an old name figure right. here. And uh, so it's great being able to meet people and learn their needs. Um, I've asked all my municipalities and villages for uh, a wish list, if you will, with specific dollar amounts that on projects that capital projects that need to be done um, occasionally we get some member initiative money that we're able to distribute and um, it kind of pops up irregularly but when it does I want to have a list on file of you know what communities need help the most wow so sounds like you're liking the uh, liking the challenge so far I do I really do I I love my people, I love the process, and uh, I love diving in and fighting for them every single day. Hopefully you get some time to yourself and some downtime, though. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I know you're young, but every once in a while you got to back off just a bit. Maintain, <laughs> maintain your own, you know. Oh, absolutely. I find some downtime, but I love, I love what I do, and I love working hard for it. So You're making a couple of stops later on today as well. I am. I uh, have the April House tour over in uh, Morrison, being able to go through with them. I'm very excited about that. And then uh, there's a ribbon cutting this afternoon that I'm going to drop into as well. So wow, looking forward to it. You know, I try to hit as many ribbon cuttings in the area as I can. Um, 
it's great seeing new business come yes. in in a state where oftentimes there's a lot that leave. So I try to be there to celebrate that as much as possible. You know, be careful. Somebody will slip a red coat on you and call you an ambassador. <laughs> say, hey, you're at all these anyway. Why don't you just be an ambassador? <laughs> wow. Well, uh, hey. So One thing I do want to mention, sure. uh, coming up here a week from today, we have our open house at our district office uh, on the 20, Monday the 20th from 4 to 6. Um, stop on by. We're going to have our own ribbon cutting to really get things off and wow. um, get people to understand and know where we are. We're, we're at uh, 101 West 1st Street. Um, a lot of listeners know it as the old Dixon National Bank, but mm. I know we're going back a few years on that one. Wow. But yeah, so we're in there. So Come I'll be visit us. Week from today. Yep. Wow. Four Sweet. to six. Wow. Excellent. And uh, of course, if anybody. I, I've got your card over here, but if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best thing to do? Uh, so call. Um, I have Stacy's in my office. Stacy's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'll get back to you as well. We have uh, our office number is 815-561-3690, or email's great too, uh, fritz, F-R-I-T-T-S, at ilhousegop.org. Brad, certainly appreciate your time today. Hey, yeah. it's always great to see you, yeah. Tom. Well, I have a blast, and uh, well, thanks uh, for everything that you've uh, taken on already, and looking forward to, to more, and uh, uh, everybody's uh, just going to be ecstatic. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you next month. Thank you so much.